This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. Today we will be considering a passage from John, taking us back to the story of the Last Supper. We've celebrated Easter, we've moved through the season of Lent, but today's story will take us back to that upper room as Jesus washes the feet of his disciples, but offers this timeless commandment, this urging, love one another. Thank you for joining in today. May we be blessed in this time spent together.
first reading comes from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading Psalm 148. It is one that is meant to be sung in exuberance. It would have been lifted up and sung by people who had been on a long pilgrimage and as they came to the Temple Mount. This, these are the words to a song that they would sing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind, fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful. For the people of Israel who are close to him, praise the Lord.
And our New Testament lesson today is coming from the Gospel of John. I'll be reading from chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Again, we've gone back to the week of Jesus' Passion. We're in the upper room. He's just washed the feet of the disciples. Let's listen now for God's word as it comes through John's Gospel. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if You have love for one another. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Loving God, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to each of us, all of us now, that we might see and wonder and behold your love that surrounds us each, that holds us all, that calls us by name, Open our eyes, expand our hearts, that we might see and love the message you would give to us this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so here we are. Jesus and the disciples, they're in the upper room. Their feet are freshly clean. Jesus has washed them. Judith has left. He's gone to betray Jesus, doing his disloyalty. And now Jesus turns and addresses them tenderly. He says, little children, I'm with you only a little while longer. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Jesus knows that his betrayal and his arrest, they're only minutes away. So he wants to speak clearly and urgently to his followers this one last time. While he doesn't say, take notes or write this down, there's no mistaking the importance of what he is about to say. I give you a new commandment, Jesus says, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. Now there's something new happening here in the Bible the incarnation of love. Love showing up in the pages of Scripture. That's not new, of course. The Hebrew texts are full of references to the love of God. But now, in Jesus, we see love in the flesh. It's happening right before them, in the person of Jesus. And here Jesus elevates this simple act of loving one another above any other commandment, religious or otherwise. 
it is a revolutionary way to conceive of life because it demands that we place the other before ourselves. Now ask any mother or father, you can't put your needs above the needs of your child all the time if you are to truly care for and love for your child. It's precisely what God communicates in the crucifixion. This is what love looks like, taken in the most raw form, giving your life for another. Anzac Day is a powerful reminder of just that. People laying down their life for others. Now there's a simple-minded focus to the uh, single-minded focus to the uh, life of Jesus. The fact that we've read uh, through the entirety of Scripture there is this same single focus that emerges coming out in the character of God. The first epistle of John says it best and says it quite succinctly. Straight up, God is love. Everything in the Bible flows from that declaration or it moves toward that idea, God is love. The story of Scripture is a story of a God whose love for us knows no bounds and will not be stopped by anything, not even by death itself. We who would follow Jesus spend our lives trying to show or reflect that same love in how we live. Love one another, Jesus says, as I have loved you. To live fully, the Bible says, is by loving one another. Sounds simple, but it is so demanding. Jesus is clearly addressing the community of those who follow him. He wants us to love one another. After all, how can we love others, our enemies in particular, if we cannot love ourselves? You'd think that uh, loving one another wouldn't be difficult in the church, but history and our present situation show the reality of how hard it is for those who belong to the body of Christ to fully embrace or live out that command to love one another. It seems particularly thorny for those in the same denomination to follow the simple commandment that Jesus gives, love one another. Sometimes I think the great struggles of the church today are given to us by a God that wants us to work hard on loving one another. Because if we didn't wrestle together, we might never have to put our love to the test. Unfortunately, it is a test that too often we fail. Jesus had reason to be concerned about how we treat one another, and not only in our faith communities. And I'm not talking about mere disagreements or different perspectives, which we should expect and maybe even welcome, but something deeper and uglier. The prevailing ethic today, both within the church and the culture at large, I fear has more to do with getting something for ourselves, what's in it for me, rather than giving something to others. The word Jesus uses in John to name what he's after in human relationships is agapeo, which is where the word agape comes. And it's not a word used in scripture 
to describe romantic love or the kind of love that's celebrated on Mother's Day. It's instead referring to a quality of a social and a moral relationship. Jesus speaks here about what holds a community together, including the communities of faith. Some are called churches. He's talking about the building blocks of civil society, about what God desires in a broader human family, even among those who might consider themselves enemies. Years ago, the United States President Franklin Roosevelt said, human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. A nation does not need to be cruel to be tough. The strength of a people lies not in their armament or military might or economic resources or theological arguments, but in their character, in the way they interact with others, the way they embrace the common good. True security among nations and neighbors will only come when all people feel secure and can live fully human lives. In the book of Revelation, there's a reference to a new heaven and a new earth, which may be something we long for and, and look for, thinking it sounds better and better. I think we are ready for a new heaven and a new earth where love holds sway among human beings. We're ready for a new life, a new way of relating to those around us, whether they are neighbors in the pew next to us or down the street or maybe even across the globe. We could use that new commandment that Jesus offers. We need a new way of living with the earth and all of its inhabitants. Our God truly does make all things new and we are ready for something new to happen in our lives, in our communities of faith, in our cities, and among the nations. The story in Scripture of a God whose love for us knows no bounds, and it will not be stopped by anything, even by death itself. We who follow Jesus spend our lives trying to show that same love in the way that we live. Jesus new commandment to his disciples was precisely this. Show your love. Don't just think it. Don't just feel it. Love one another and let it show. By your love, they will know more about you than anything else you could do. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus didn't love us by simply feeling loving toward us, holding good thoughts. Jesus lived a life that embodied love. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He comforted the hurt. He taught. He hugged the little children. Jesus' love expressed itself in living with us through all that life brings, the joys and the sorrows, all aspects of life, and finally, death. The love that Jesus calls us to all of us is to one that isn't just feeling or talk, but one that is action-packed. Love in action is sometimes embodied by the simplest of compassionate responses to others. It can be sitting with someone without perhaps even sharing a word. It can be sending a card or calling 
just at the right time. There are so many ways in which we can express our connectedness and our compassion and our empathy for others. Jesus urged the disciples to have love for one another so that everyone will know that you are my disciples. Jesus models this, the ability to love all. Even those who despise you is part of a faithful call. This passage is sometimes called the new commandment. And at first it seems somewhat odd to say that loving others is a new commandment, for it is written throughout the Bible that we are to love others. But there are these new elements that make it new, that it's a new model for the disciples and for all of us to see how love is lived out. Jesus has loved to the uttermost and it's been in concrete, living expression of what this new love is. Love is no longer some sweet old-fashioned notion to be debated as some kind of philosophical construct. And in the psalm, it shows us, it calls us to lives of praise and the journey of faith. You and I should be leading the way into this new world that is promised because we follow one named Jesus who commands us to love one another. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. In our time, such love, offered without conditions, is something new, something far-reaching, something transforming, and it is, in the end, our only hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air.